I'm Adrian, And I'm Marilyn. Welcome to Occult of One, a podcast that explores why toxic relationships, groups, or ideologies are so addictive, why they're so pervasive, and what makes anyone susceptible to a cult of one, or many. Oh my gosh, so I finally get to talk to you. She'll be like, I have a, a night with the boys, and I'm like, cute, all right. So it's nice to be. Are you nice to meet you too, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, obviously once, you know, the vaccines get going, I can't wait to... I'm excited to go meet friends and family, but like meet you guys too, meet people, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Nice. It's yeah. crazy. You guys created a true friendship bond, truly online. I mean, you get to see each other, which adds a layer of obviously authenticity. You're not talking to a robot, <laughs> but that's still really cool. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. guys are for real friends. That's nice to yeah. know. We're going to be our house more, be in our houses more, I feel like possibly for yeah, maybe another year. Yeah, I feel like for a long time, people are kind of still going to continue to bunker down. Like, I don't really, I feel like it's going to be a slow progression of the norm, you know? <sighs> probably, yeah, probably at least until the fall. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I, people I think will start getting going again. But what what I was reading or hearing was like summerish, end of summer to fall is when we'll have like a semblance of normalcy, right? Whatever that mm-hmm. means, but... Yeah. Did you say middle of summer, fall? Yeah, like end, end of summer, yeah. like fallish. That's I think okay. that was the latest, like Fauci. He's like, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but he goes, if we keep vaccinating enough people and yeah, you know, step up the process, mm-hmm. then you know, he says he could see us having a semblance semblance of normalcy. Yeah, like end of summer, fall is when you know probably that means just when you can probably travel more. You know, like that's mm-hmm. what I'm guessing. Yeah, the like there's less there's less restrictions. <gasps> but yeah, I just can't I just can't really see like restaurants being packed again or like the clubs being open. Like I just don't see that stuff happening for a while. Ever, never, ever. I, not never, oh, but like I think it's just gonna take a while. Like years, maybe, months. maybe. Like I feel like twenty twenty one is gonna be a, a bit of the same, minus yeah, the you know yeah. Um, does everybody see Doctor Fauci living his best life now? He's so it's like happy. he got out of a bad relationship, <laughs> a cult of one ass relationship, like, where he was like, "I'm liberated." He said, "I'm liberated." Yeah, and you could see he's smiling. You could feel his so energy. Happy. He's so happy, <laughs> but at the same time, like I'm delivering some pretty bad news, but I get to deliver it. Well, it just as shows. it needs to be said. It, you know what this shows? How toxic relationships affect your mood, the way you're communicating, the way you're functioning. He's visually happier. Just start recording now. I already am. Oh, cool. When, when Marilyn was telling me about y'all's podcast, I was like, the timing, not only just from, you know, personal connection, but like what you said, I yeah. think it, it rings true. And I think it's timely because I think a lot of people who probably have been in, you know, relationships that you're describing or whatever, probably had some but a bit of like triggering. I never knew a trigger. Mm. I never really embodied it. And then when Trump came, I was just so like, like a visceral hate that I had not had for someone. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And so you're, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Adrian, with the show. It's like, I think it's a timely thing to be putting this out there because a lot of people probably unknowingly went through it by seeing, you know, reminded them of that, that past. Oh, know? yeah. So did it, it triggered you? Did seeing Trump, how did it trigger you? Anyone who's had that narcissistic type, mm-hmm. it, it, there's a, yeah, for sure. It did. I didn't realize it until I started figuring other stuff out. But yeah. Like, He's a he's a terrible person to begin with. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Like the first thing. Yeah. Yes. But if you have like something where you see something where like, why do I feel like I know this? 
Yeah. Yes. It's PTSD. That's what we're literally describing. Yeah. And you're not only seeing it like what is happening, but then the other thing that got to me was just people saying like, no, this is cool. It's normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. It was just a timing thing. Well, and it's like all of that's being, you know, you're being gaslighted all the time by like, Mm people saying like it's not that crazy and it's like it is though and stop making me look like i'm the crazy one because i see how crazy it's gonna be over there correct me if i'm wrong it's more of a there's a immediate threat right like just like in a toxic relationship with yours mine and like we'll more know more about you or what your story is (laughs) yeah like how the person will for you and i'll speak for me because i don't want to but like I would be scared sometimes because it's like I'm not the one who's being aggressive and I can't fight back because I'm a girl like you could hurt me. I, I In terms of I'm talking about my cult of one, which is my toxic relationship with my ex and how you feel a bit helpless, but you also you don't feel like you have any tools to fight back this battle. How this correlates to people having guns, I don't know. <laughs> I was going there, but now I don't know where I'm going and I'm just going to I'm going to sit on here and just be like, whatever. But yeah, you. I mean, that's how I felt, which was like, which is why I I empathize and understand with people who are like, it's fine normalizing it because I think that there is something that triggers you when something feels deeply wrong and maybe it's new for you to be like, I'm going to normalize this like we do everything else, like we do having being deep in debt, like <laughs> I'm in debt as a human. I have something shackled to me my, like this. You know what I mean? Like we should all be sharing this shit, but it's like I have to normalize this. Or how can I continue in any functioning way? Like you said, not only do you have, yeah, like that's the only way to really deal with it if you don't have uh, the mental health training Mm -hmm. or or unless you're someone who has immersed yourself in that type of training along with like mindfulness to realize, you know, where you can view your, your thoughts, right, or these emotions and see what they're coming from and try to separate yourself it's hard not to just go like, this is normal, you know, like, you, you know, and, and find your, whatever your way of normalizing it is or, or dealing with it. Yeah. I mean, that's what you do. Just, it's a mode of survival, right? Yeah. Like how do I deal with this? Well, you know, some people it could be, you know, drugs, food, alcohol, whatever, mm. or, or whatever it is, you know, multitude of things. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of, do you have this experience? Like when you have like, something triggers you or kind of the realization like, ooh, your mind can be super susceptible to something or like, damn, we're all really vulnerable. Like what half the people that um, half Republicans agree with the insurrection. insurrection. And it's like, it's it's jarring to think because as a former cult of one person or someone who was deeply rationalizing things, it's like, dang, this is an epidemic of mental health of some form. Yeah. And how are we going to do this? Like, I, I really feel like this podcast is bomb because <laughs> how are we going to get all these or how are we going to heal these people? Because they have families. Maybe their families enjoy it or they, this, they're part of the cult too, but there's a lot of families that are not cool with it. Are there someone who's like, you, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. One yeah. of the people that went into the Capitol threatened one of his kids or his kids and was like, if you turn me in, I'll kill you. I saw that. Yeah, and so I'm it's like, crazy because it's like because of this toxic person, it's affecting so many people beyond the ones that are agreeing to it. Yes. 
A hundred percent. I mean, and that's such a complex thing that you all are both hitting on to because it dives not only into like, right, you have that person, right? And why would someone, if we go to the why, if we go into the why, it's like, okay, you're this daughter, right? Well, some people might say, well, like, why would you go wrong? Or why, you know, with that almost like more like victim blame, but it's like, because, you know, we have these different norms in society with regards to families and friends and what you might let slide that you wouldn't a total stranger, right? right. Along mm. with, you know, people, again, not being able That's to true. deal with or uh, know like, hey, this is wrong because of X, Y, Z. And I think it's getting to the, the largest point which you're making, which is we all need to talk about these different things more openly and be honest about it because that's the only way you get better right is communication through learning and spreading that message you know that's how we learn how to do math communicating that's how we learn how to draw it's all communication right so like you said with the podcast just be another good medium for people to learn from or connect with or say oh i relate to that and here's maybe i can help someone out or whatever so yeah like i think what you're doing is like the start that's why i was interested in it thank you Um, we're really really happy to have you on I always deeply enjoy our conversations. Thank you. Well, I'm excited. I appreciate y'all having me. And, uh, you know, I think it's only because of, yeah, like what we're, you know, we're trying to figure out like how to be better humans. Right. And, mm-hmm. and really, and I've been talking to other people too. And I'm like, you know, what is, what else is the point of life? Right. If you're not trying to become a better human, if you're not, that's all evolution. Right. And we're, so we're really talking at like a, an, an evolutionary level here. I, I think from, you know, that's what I feel like, right? And I'm sure you feel the same way when you try to pull friends or family that you mm-hmm. care about with, you know, about the stuff with the capital or just anything where, you know, they're just wrong and you're trying, it, it, it's like, look, I'm trying to bring you forward because like all the things that I guess for specific example, if you had a friend or a family member, which I had, you know, compare the capital riots to like, a Black Lives Matter movement or something like that. And I, I'm like, all the wrong re- you know what I mean? Right. Obviously it's, but, but the point is, I'm like, you're on the wrong side of history. And, and they brought up, her, her point was violence. Well, there was violence at these rallies and my, my, my view is all violence is wrong. And it's like, yes. But number one, if someone asked me when I was talking about the Capitol insurrection about a Black Lives Matter movement, I would say, what does that have to do with anything that we're talking about right now? Because they're two completely different scenarios. One is people peacefully protesting because people are being murdered by the police and one is people going to the capital to overthrow the government so the first thing i would say is they have nothing to do with each other but secondly you know we're talking and i'm like when you i guess normalize i guess see i go off on tangents though so please (laughs) no please so well you're trying to talk to your family member who is comparing the black i feel like you're pulling him evolutionary because uh, evolutionarily it's like she brought up violence and that was what it was. It's like, I'm anti-violence. I'm like, great. I'm pretty sure we can all agree on that. But the problem is, and then, and this is what it was. It was like, Oh, you guys are sensitive and you're, you don't want to talk about it. It was essentially, she was just saying how she's anti-violence. And, mm-hmm. and I said, well, when you, if you want, if you don't want violence, right. When people mention something like a black lives matter movement, compare it to what happened in the Capitol and you don't correct them to let them know that they don't have anything to do with each other and they're not related. Essentially it's like, I was trying to tell her how important every little thing you say is, because right. if you can see people, People are easily manipulated to go to the Capitol. If you're around other people and you say, oh, yeah, that's the same thing. Well, then they're going to equate those two things to be the same thing. And they're going to think, wow. so it's just like, and, and she was kind of like, your generation is so sensitive about talking. And I'm like, it's also, if you, if you want no violence, 
then you have to be sensitive to how what you say or think about other people, how that impacts others. You know what I mean? Right. So we're kind of talking about uh, just the deep. Long story short is I think if you want no violence, then you have to be open to hearing other people's sizes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Be open to learning mm-hmm. from others and being like, yeah, you know what? All this like systemic stuff is wrong. So sorry, I just went off on a tangent. No, no, no I appreciate yeah, so that. It's just like an interesting. Well, it's where we're all having conversations and they're no longer surface level because they can't be. Exactly. exactly. If you want to move forward. If you, the weather is right. going to be the conversation you can have with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we can thank, you know, the narcissist for that because he didn't invent this. This was already here. We already, this is baked into the United States. He agitated it and he brought it back to life because you know what? It, we have to talk about it to get through it. But these pleasantries ultimately got us nowhere. Not talking about it was the problem. We have to talk. We have to communicate about these things. Well, I think it also shows how hard it is to communicate with another person about something that makes you or them uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Though there may be nothing wrong with it, right? Like there, there's nothing wrong with having a conversation inherently. It's the idea that I will offend, that I will upset you, that I will get upset. Um and not remembering that these emotions won't last forever. This is this is how we move forward with anything. I mean, I can't think of anything that we're grow. If there's no communication, you're there's not no growing. Growth. Yeah, literally everything in our life, like it has, to it be. has to be communicated about, right? And when you're wrong, you have to say, you know what, I was wrong, but I worked, mm-hmm. you know, and I that's the other thing. And like you said, this is all communication right everything like we were saying from math to being able to go on the moon that's all mm-hmm. internet that's all just different levels and mediums of communication for humans to evolve right and like mm-hmm. you said i think what it shows too especially for us white people it's like you know we never <laughs> never really had a spotlight shine on you mm-hmm. right? and being like yo this is what you're you're bad at. and so mm-hmm. it's like it is and and not that it's a good excuse but i think that's what you see with a lot of people is like they're saying it's like they take it personally yeah. mm-hmm. right and then they don't listen anymore right because mm-hmm. they just wait for you to stop talking and then be like well i'm not like that and it's mm-hmm. like no we're not saying you're the capital people who stormed it Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're contributing to it and exactly. there's ways you can improve mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and if you can't you know think about what you say more if that's too much of an inconvenience for you then yes then you're part of the problem you know what i mean and right. what you say and, and how, what you promote or put uh, mm-hmm. put down meaning hey that's wrong you know mm-hmm. communicate yeah. effectively and, and, and uh stand up for what's right wrong essentially is what it is yeah it's yeah this point, but for some people it's hard yeah, I think it's a lot of people because they put themselves. It's like you're talking about me. It's like right. I'm talking about something that relates to you that you're involved in, but it's not all about you. And I'm trying to it's give you me. the tools to not be a part of it. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and with groupthink, specifically with Trump people or anyone who's in a cult of one, you are enthralled in that person. You put that person's ideologies on you. You strip yourself of anything that is particular to you 
that makes that individualizes you. And then you throw group think into that, which is like, I'm not accountable for anything. I'm a part of the group. It's so easy not to take accountability. And then accountability is seen as a negative attribute to have about yourself. And so, which is why you have to, we have to get away from narcissism or narcissists or understand it more. Um, I know you had an experience, which I'm interested in learning with a narcissist recently at your job, which I cannot imagine because you're so work world is different from I mean like you know personal you can't get away um they have your money they have your money yeah so but just understanding these manipulative way understanding narcissism and if you wouldn't mind um what 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 happened like what's Marilyn was telling me about it and I couldn't believe it. I was just like this like just dead so and I mean whoa I guess so it's a long story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, just to stick to the, the, the work thing, what happened was is around this time, probably within the last year or so, I've been trying to like figure myself out mentally, mm-hmm. become a better person, you know, like uh, worry. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the best. Right. I know. Yeah. It's- my, my stepfather is not diagnosed necessarily, but, you know, through my mother and then observation and self research, I'm pretty certain he's a narcissist and so that was something I grew up with and it it was just an interesting dynamic because like I was definitely my mom was 19 when she had me so not planned my dad so divorced so it's not the end of the the worst case scenario but it was an interesting um, scenario because my parents got divorced when I was super young and so my my stepfather came in the picture when I was probably two or three so very very young crushable and then so I was raised with him primarily I would see my dad on the weekend sometimes but it was him and my mother so that was the main like narcissist thing and I I can go on that later but Mm. so the thing at work that happened was is so over this past few months been trying to just you know again meditate just kind of figure out why I think the way I do why I feel the way I do you know it's, it was which is a privilege in and of itself because some people don't have the time to to get to take it and look after themselves but so I started this new job and I was working with the the head the lead guy and so the specific scenario that happened was is a person, a co-worker's wife got pregnant. And so, or was, was pregnant, sorry, went into labor. Mm-hmm. So that day he messaged, he calls me and he's like, hey, you know, Dennis's wife went in the labor. So what we're going to do is just forge you all his emails and get the work going. And, and I had just started. You know, it's already like a pretty hefty role. But so this is saying, you know, we're going to do two people's jobs at once. And I said, all right, let me see what I can do. And so a couple days into that, I reach out to him and uh, the John guy was his, his like right hand man. And I'm like, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed because I'm doing all this work. So can I at least not have the new business submissions, right? I'm already working on this person's existing accounts, my existing accounts. I can't, I just can't handle it. He started to then tell me why I couldn't do it. It was because I wasn't organized. It was because I wasn't this, this, that. Little did he know, I'm I'm somewhat of a neat freak. So I had actually built like a little, like a Salesforce CRM out of Microsoft OneNote. So I kind of made my own little thing to make or stay organized. So, but he was, you know, gaslighting. That's not what's happening. This, that, the other thing. And so I started to feel really weird at first. I, I was just like, okay, well, you know, I'll see what I can do, but I can't do no business. So that same day they sent out an email at the end of the day. And it was like, Hey, it was from the John guy. And he goes, Hey, you know, uh, I've really been trying to help everyone out with by taking on new business but uh 
as you can see, you know, I basically, and then he does a list of like how much new stuff he's had and then everyone else. And then of course I'm at the bottom with zero because I'm doing two bills. But it's basically like after we had that call where I specifically requested, you know, no more new business, this email comes out and it's not a standard email. It wasn't like they normally show you how many new business submissions. It was very tailored. And then so within that, it's like, we're going to need everyone to take new business tomorrow. And I was like, I'm not stupid. I know who that email is directed at, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first one. And then on top of that, John goes, and thanks to so-and-so for taking this other woman's emails while she was out of the office because another colleague was out of the office for a medical break. Nothing about me doing this other person's job. And then the, uh, the lead manager, we'll call him Jim, um, <laughs> says, and thanks to Dave for dealing with aliens shooting laser beams at us from outer space, right? So basically trivial, basically saying I'm making up that I'm, I'm like overwhelmed, right? And so it really like, it really, I, I was starting to feel really weird and I didn't know why. It's obviously because it's like I'm recognizing these different like, uh, manipulative techniques that I've actually moved away from because I'm originally from Chicago. So I've moved myself from California. Mm consciously or subconsciously to get away from that and figure myself out. So, so that was the first email. And then it was just a a series of like phone calls where he'd be like, he would just, again, tell me, talk over me, tell me how I'm feeling, you know, tell me, Oh, that's not what's happening. You know, gaslighting the typical stuff. And then, so for one, the one day I just like, I had enough and I was like, Scott, stop telling me. Well, I just said his name. So yeah, (laughs) stop telling me how I'm feeling. Like this is what's going on. And I said, you know what? Um, Dennis's wife didn't get pregnant last week. This is something that should have been planned out better. And because he was blaming me for it. And so I was a little bit more uh, at that point, I was probably passive aggressive. I could have been a little more direct, but I said, made that comment and it like sent him off to you tell me, I don't know how to run a job, this, that, and the other thing. And so, what? yeah, so it was intense. And so, I, and so to finish it off, so we just had back and forth. And then, um, what did John do? And this is over and the phone. He, he kind of like the enabler. What's up? This was over the phone. So this was, was over the phone. Yeah. But I had like emails <sighs> and stuff like that. And so yeah. it seemed like this is the relationship. You had the main guy, Scott, who was like the head narcissist. Like, and I had heard he was a little kooky before, but I gave him, gave him the benefit of the doubt. And then John was kind of like his enabler. enabler. I don't know if you've done the research. Mike Pence. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But then he would also be passive aggressive. And so he was sending me like just emails that were just. Well, that's what his leader is doing. Just like you kind of you just like if your parents are like that, you're going to be like that. Even when you get in work, you kind of take on those traits. To survive, be like, okay, you know, this is what yeah. you're doing all day. So it wasn't like outright, hey, you're a fucking idiot or whatever, but it was just little things that had reminded me of yeah. my stepfather. And I had, you know, really kind of cut back on drinking, like smoking. Like I would smoke. I've been like just easing it up on that. And, and I've been watching my diet. And so those are all things, like candidly, as I grew up through life, I used drugs, alcohol, food, certain things to like, uh, comfort myself right and so I was like really trying to control like mm. I was more sober than I had ever been to interact with this in a long time and it just kind of had this light bulb go off and I just had like a not a freak out but I just was like this is not good and I know what this is mm. and I kind of a light bulb went off and so that was kind of it I know it was a little obviously the emotion comes up so the uh, the story doesn't stay super on track but did that answer your question yes it was very yeah, well no, said organized like, yeah I'll hang said. on to every word Dave yeah like, okay well see and this is another thing it's a funny you know meditation mindfulness like 
the self view I have is is very warped from what other people tell me and you know mm. I'm just learning now too which is funny to say is like because I'm a you know like I said kind of talking about before because I'm a white dude I've lived a pretty privileged life like I can't complain that I've had xyz but it's it's just an interesting thing to be trying to figure yourself out mm-hmm. you know because I thought I knew how I felt about myself but I really had no idea and I think that's something that when you're in those type of toxic relationships like you said they strip you of your identity and they give you the identity they want you to have Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's what people don't go into. I think it's easier to just be like, this is just the way I am. I'm just a mad person. But it's like, fundamentally, you weren't born a mad, like babies don't. That's not how it works. <laughs> Literally, you can change if you want to. If you don't, then say that. Don't reason out the way you're treating people in a bad way because this is just the way you are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a selfish answer. <laughs> yeah, it is. So well said. But that's what um, that's what a great thing ever. Not to get off track. Like, mm. But when they talk about COVID, right? They're like, no, COVID was selfishness is the disease in America. COVID, <laughs> COVID and that's what it is. Is people are selfish and or scared, and I get that. Mm-hmm. Like, it is scared and hard to look inward. But you know what? You got to do it. Like you said, if you want to grow, you got to look at yourself figure out what's going on here because how can you expect to be a good person to friends and family if mm-hmm. you don't you know love yourself or you know do mm-hmm. whatever to make yourself better so yeah. mm-hmm. well and also talking about people that um might not like themselves that is the path to liking yourself loving yourself you can't do nothing unless you love and like yourself for real for real and I really don't think people get it I feel like it's a yeah. it's a cliche it's said a lot what does that really mean to me Um, you know, as I go to work five days a week, what does loving myself really mean to me? But it means having those existential questions, thoughts, moments with yourself. So you can understand yourself and, um, rid yourself of perhaps shame. I'm speaking to myself when I speak also like, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of shame when it comes to, as you were talking about, which I would like you to continue toxic masculinity. a lot of shame around that, a lot of shame around not knowing why you do the way you, the things you do, taking traits on from your abuser, which is very prevalent. That's often what happens. Then people feel bad because it's like, who, who am I now? Am I my, my abuser? And it's like, no, you're not. But, but, but you're yeah, so- like continue to ask yourself those questions so that right. way you can take yourself away. It's not easy to understand yourself. Well said, Marilyn Ovi. It's not. And I think people think it is. Yeah. I think they're like, I'm going to get online or I'm going to buy a book. I'm going to buy some new shoes. Not to say that doesn't help. Love yourself. But those are surface level actions. You really have to fucking spend time with yourself. But sometimes it's annoying. Well, and it's like, and I say that I've also lived like a relatively privileged life. My parents were perfect. (laughs) Like, I love my siblings. Like there wasn't anything going on. And I have to talk to myself a lot to understand myself. And it's frustrating sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, you have resources, mental health resources, as do I. Like I started going to therapy at 15. I said 13 one day and I was like, that was a lie. I think it was like 15. Um, but like that shit was exposed to me. And so it, it demystified any um, negative connotation that went with it. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. If someone is seeking help, if they feel ashamed for seeking it, what's the likelihood that they're going to do it? Um, I weren't exposed to being like, this doesn't make you 
weird, odd, or different. This means you're having a conversation literally with another person that is medically qualified to help you. I mean, good God, it's the best thing in the world. It's like exactly what you're looking for. Um, right. Well, and, and I was, I forget what I was listening to the other day, but they said our brain is something that we use in everything that we do. So why are we embarrassed of like making sure we take care of it? Just like you said, we go on diets to take care of our bodies. We exercise for our bodies. I'm trying to think of other examples, and I can't. But you had, you but had two, and that's I had two examples. Yeah. Then we have such shame around, yeah, taking care of our mind. Did you say question, Dave? No, I said that's a great question. Um, why shame? You know, mm. that's a great question to ask. I mean, immediately where my mind goes because I, I I've been pessimist, is <laughs> is I you know part of it. And this is completely me guessing, so don't take this as fact. But I mean, obviously, I think of like mental health as being right now. It's it's too much of a privilege, and I wonder if mm. it's, it, it, it's looked at like that as you know a source of power. To I mean, again, this is I mean, this is mm-hmm. conspiracy theory level, but like I don't think so though. <laughs> but for real, if everyone had access to mental health care and, yeah. and could be better versions of themselves, and, and then maybe they wouldn't be put down. You know, like you mm-hmm. said, buying things, right? People tend, myself included, I would go on sprees where I'd be addicted to, I want to buy and know all about um, this car or, you know, these toys or whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. you get that instant dopamine hit and you think, oh, I feel better. Mm-hmm. And you can now be afford this, you move on to the next thing you buy. Same thing with doing drugs or alcohol, right? You're using those. All of those items you take are ways to avoid dealing with all the shit we're talking about right now, right? Mm-hmm. So by using all those things, you're a nice uh, consumer, right? So this is me getting like really deep. Mm-hmm. This. I, I mean, that could be, I'm not saying that's the entire reason to like no mental health, but I'm sure there are certain people that are like, well, it's good to keep people mm-hmm. self-medicating and purchasing things, to, you know, versus let's talk about mental health in elementary schools, right? You know, keep people mm-hmm. yeah, that almost- schools that they run. Well, and that kind of feels like the top level, you know? Yes, it was conspiracy theory level, but I like I it. don't, well, to bring us, I don't think we're far off from yeah. the truth because if that was the case, if resources were everywhere, then we wouldn't be in this situation. There wouldn't be stigma around it. People would be getting mental health. I mean, they, they still kill people that are mentally ill. They, uh, Trump went on this killing spree and he killed the only woman on death row she was abused and she was like three, uh, so verbally, sexually. She ended up killing a woman and I think taking the baby out of the woman's ba- uh, body. And her sister was like, she was like, we were brutally abused our whole life. Nobody listened to us. She went to the police, ran away from home. They put her back there. So she's mentally unwell. Um, that's what her sister said. And I'm just going to make that assumption. That if you're exposed to those things, just like we've been traumatized by Trump, like people of color have been traumatized by the police and living in a dominant society that's not for us, like these things are real. We're still killing people. There are no resources. You know what I mean? There, the stigma is because of multiple things. One of them is because we kill people that are mentally ill. So it's like we're, we're not far off from the conspiracy. There's something there. Yeah. There's something deeply there. And it's really scary that people are being swayed away from helping themselves. That's super sick. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And again, I think it's because, I mean, not, but like, I tie the same thing with, I mean, we talk, well, we talk about Medicare for all, right? That mm. would include mental health. And again, that's kind of, I guess, what I was getting at too, is like, I think a, a large portion of the reason that 
I mean, because we're such a capitalist society as the United States, right? It's like you're more free, right? If you don't have to worry about healthcare, that's one less thing to have a job for that you hate, right? You know what I mean? So it's just another. Yeah. So there's a lot there that I mean, I got. I'm just I'm not an expert. I'm just taking stabs at it with my my own uh, thoughts. But no, but I mean, that yeah, feels right. Well, your personal experience is also relevant. You know, it's not a stab. This is your this is your experience. This is what you're living. This is what you're seeing. Um, that's also another thing that I feel like is taken away from you when you're in a cult of one or in a manipulative situation relationship is not believing your own intuition or your own personal experience. You told me this. No, I didn't. Gaslighting. It's like my intuition is telling me that I'm not crazy. But yeah, I walk out of here every day feeling confused and crazy with my relationship. You know, and I think with Trump people, with anyone who is not in a place is too far deep in their head in the cult and can't get there's this sense of like suppressing what you see in front of you and so dangerous. And if more people were able to get some mental health, you know, they wouldn't feel so confused or, you know, it's so hard to put a name to these feelings. What's crazy about it, too, is we know that if you don't deal with things like there's anger that can come from it, even mm-hmm. if you're a kind person. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you also then have an abusive growing up and now you can't deal with it, the more extreme that was, the more extremely react. And that's then now we have to start putting people in jail because they acted out. But it's, if they had had help earlier, maybe they would have been good and they could have figured things out and they don't. We're the mental health institutions that are well run. We've seen that people can go in and come out and have a positive life after. Where is that? It doesn't exist. It's just fucking jail. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you have enough money. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Going into what we were talking about earlier, that's why it's like, it's also, it is a a class type thing. Yes. And that's, it is too expensive. And and that's the thing that kind of what you were getting at. It's like, all three of us are smart. Like I said, I've lived a uh, middle, like not mm-hmm. a poverty lifestyle. So imagine how hard it would be right. if I was not a white dude who had access to education. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, you said, I'm figuring this out in my 30s. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why so many people just go through life never getting to figure it out because not only is it fucking hard to do when you have the resources, but imagine not having the resources and being, I can't even imagine is what I'm getting at. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's why, yeah, again, why I'm so psyched you guys are doing this. It is. Yes. Thank you. It is. It's also it's a little sad. I'm getting a little drunk, but it's it's a little sad because it's kind of like, damn, like you little what you just referenced, Dave, which was when you said it's so hard to get there. Like some people don't. We're referencing ourselves like that means a person really didn't get to explore themselves maybe the way they wanted to or that would have bettered themselves or would have got them to the goals that they wanted to just because they weren't able to under say it again. Love themselves. Yeah. That's a sad thought, you know. Yeah, it is. Just go through life and then they just like, I'm a piece of shit because of what they've been, you know, their internal voices, all those people you grew up around, right? Right. And so that's what you think of yourself and some like I'm not having that reason. I can't. And that's why, yeah, it's a sad, it's a sad thing. Yeah. You said something, my my ex, he would always say, I'm just a piece of shit. And I would go, no, that's not what I'm saying. But that was his default. And, it, you know, to not looking deeper or not being able to, which is just like, this is just who I am. I'm a garbage person. And this is all I know I can be. 
And I, it, it wasn't as if he wasn't shooting for something more. It was just, this is, you know, who, who I know myself to be. I've heard it obviously around me. These things aren't, don't happen in a vacuum. And it's heartbreaking when you were talking about toxic masculinity and like, you know, you can't say you care about yourself or anything like that because it's considered gay. I, as a woman, cannot imagine that. I cannot imagining someone saying your emotions need to be suppressed because of your gender. I can't, I <laughs> right. can't even consider that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be similar to like, you know, like I said, when I like to draw those parallels of being a white dude, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a weird, and that's, and again, this all ties into the importance we'll be talking about is, you know, putting yourself in other shoes or listening to other people. But yeah, it is, it is, a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And it, I mean, obviously a cause for, I mean, if we talk about like, I mean, not, not that, you know, being self-aware would end all war and stuff like that, but holy shit, it, it, it would do, it would put a dent in it. Let's put yeah, it, in it. it would. Yeah. Because think about it. Men aren't out there fucking blowing. I mean, some are, but they're not the ones that control, like, it's mostly dudes that look like me, maybe mm-hmm. they have hair. Measuring and, you know, this, yeah. this, it is the toxic masculinity. You can't admit you're wrong because that's, it's all about weakness, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you have a big dick, you're strong, you're this, you're that. And it's like, that's cool. But, you know, what's even cooler is someone who is self-aware and mm. loves it. And um, I was talking I was talking to my buddies the other day and, and or, or in Instagram, we were messaging and they were like, something about being soft. And I'm like, soft is the new heart. <laughs> I truly believe it. And I yeah. do too. I love it. You're fucking yeah. you're strong. You know, yeah. Yes. Soft. Yes. Caring and being comfortable with your uh, I mean, that's what I want to be. Yes. You know? So, like, yes. Uh, and your wife, you saying, bless your wife. I know. She's lucky. <laughs> yeah. There are more men out there just like you, Dave, but like, say that louder for the people in the back because <laughs> this is, if you are heterosexual, this is what women want out there. And that's literally what we're asking for. Yet there's this constant wall that they feel like they're supposed to wear. And it's like all y'all are talking to each other, saying that that's what women want. But we are asking for the opposite. Right. You better stop, stop listening to each other. <laughs> Ask us. I do have to say she is lucky. Don't be <laughs> This is I mean, she is the one who, who uh, and this is why it's so important. We can go on to everything. It's important to have women's voices and everything, because when it's just a bunch of dudes, like you said, whatever they're talking about, they're not hearing that perspective. They're just hearing the who's got the biggest dick perspective. Not everything, but like yeah, societally, the genesis. Overall, yeah, that's pretty much what's happened, right? It's yeah. just, you know, there are smart men. There are definitely, mm-hmm. you know, uh, men with high EQs, but it's not like you said, it's not something that's promoted as like, this is what's what's hot. I think we're getting mm-hmm. there now with, you know, social media and stuff like that. But yeah, this is. There's a lot of work to be done. So yeah. you can have, you know, impact on generations before because it's a slow moving process, but you got to start it. And I do, I do mm-hmm. have hope for the younger generations. <laughs> I have hope I for feel so old saying ours, that, though. but like, I mean, I do too. I feel like there's quite a few of us in our age range that's like really like trying to push and like make sure, yeah, that we're taking care of ourselves. Well, and, and in my personal experience, the genesis of this podcast is about our experience with our emotional abuse. However, that everything up has been like wonderful in terms of like my relationship with men. And I also recognize about the person that hurt me that hurt people hurt people. 
And so like, I also come out understanding men and the vulnerability issue with that. Now, nobody's going to treat me like that ever again. (laughs) Um, However, and I have a deep empathy for it and I understand it. And there is something that can be done about it. Um, It's a choice. You choose to not communicate. You choose to go down a path that does is reinforced in some way by the world. Like you, it is reinforced fucking Trump. You know what I mean? Like you do, you get these, you get these reinforcements, but it's a matter of context. Do you think this is a positive or a negative reinforcement? Like, and once you can switch over to like, this shit is disgusting. You don't know how to say how you feel. You just call people names. You're whack, you know, like (laughs) to, that's how you should be seeing it versus like, this is who I want to be. This is cool. Like to put down woman. That's your mom. That's your auntie. Stupid. I don't get it. Like this detachment from like this. This is a person over here, which is like I've I've never experienced anything with that. Like with another person, it's like, do you treat everybody like this? Or are you just talking to me like this? Are you just talking to me like this? You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, like you said, they hurt people, hurt people, and that I never would have understood. I always never understood when people were like, uh, you know, I I forgive specifically when you watch those. Uh, and not you watch those crime things or whatever someone hurt their relative mm-hmm. and they're like i forgive that other person right yeah. and like because of what you said like that hurt people hurt people it's not something you'll forget or excuse but you you have this understanding of like you know how it's systemic right you're likely to recreate the cycle yeah when you do have that choice so it's like yeah. okay you said i forgive you however <laughs> it's now your time to step up like you know that's wrong yeah and but it's Right. It is. You, you get that nice perspective of like, I, now you understand. Because like you said, mm-hmm. physical, mental abuse, like like specific going back to stepdad or your relationships. Like, I'm like, I forgive that person. I don't hate you. I used to hate that person for the longest time. You're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But now, like you said, when you get that other perspective, it's like something happened to that person. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make it okay, but I understand why they would maybe do what they did. Yeah. They should fix their shit, but I'm not going to like hate them because it's also it's you know that free rent in your head or whatever you want to call yeah, it like, right. wow fuck that i'll put my energy somewhere else you know? yes so, and that's literally what it is is energy that you're offering this person and that is like filling up yeah the space in your mind the space in your heart mm-hmm. it holds hatred which is heavy and so on you though. yeah on you so it's like it's helpful to finally finally release that let that shit go and understand your boundaries with this person now, you know, like because it's a family member for you, of course, there's still going to have to be some interaction. Luckily, mm-hmm. you, you're you also doing something because you have control. Like, Dave, you choose how you want to move with that relationship right? because you are in control of it. You have the wherewithal. You understand what's right. happening now, which I'm sure as a kid and tell me, if I'm, you know, you kind of don't you don't have the space. You don't have to be like, well, I don't know what's happening and I can't go nowhere. I'm a kid. You know what I mean? Like, it's like now you can't actually do that. Well, and you made a point how much it affects you everywhere. Like, I feel like we try to we would try to keep our our toxic, our cult of one situation in a box, but it's never in a box. No matter mom, what you think. My mom called me out on it the other day. Yeah. Like she mentioned. Yeah. Because I never really told my parents what was going on. Mm. What? Mm. That's embarrassing. I'm Shame. not admitting that to myself yet. I'm not telling them about it. But yeah, I, w- right. I was talking I'm to my mom. admitting to myself right. yet. Right. So <laughs> I was talking to my mom the other day and she said she was like, I knew that something was wrong because you were so attached to your phone. Like you wouldn't not pick it up. You wouldn't like if he called, you called him back. 
And I'm out here thinking I'm doing a good job hiding this from people. They realize something's going a little fishy because they never have met him, you know, but, but I thought I was doing good. They're out here questioning me. Yeah. Intuition where, you know, they're like, something's off. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's you you mentioned that because like I, I, speaking of talking to like relatives, I had told, like I said, my parents are divorced. So I had my father and stepmother wrong pretty close to so I was kind of laying out stuff that happened and my stuff was like I always had a, like a feeling or something off so it's interesting yeah I love those little tidbits because it's it's like a reinforcement like I wasn't crazy like that yes. intuition I had was right and I just didn't know how to verbalize it yes and it's crazy it's so crazy too we're talking about minds and it's funny because I I am why well, we're sharing so I'm also epileptic I don't know if you're familiar with what that is but no so. can you explain so it's just you have seizures, right? Mm-hmm. So depending on people have different tr- triggers, right? And there's different parts of your brain. I have like temporal lobe, so it's a specific spot that's in the brain. But different things like lack of sleep, um, if you like drink and party too much and don't sleep, take medicine. Depending on the, the person, they'll have it's a spectrum of, of what it is. But mm-hmm. mine was control of medicine. But so it was funny you, you mentioned that because I was going to get another tattoo with my brain, and it's going to have like mm-hmm. greatest strength and greatest weakness underneath. Mm-hmm. With, and I thought it was going to just be purely for the epilepsy. Like that was what it was, but it's what you were highlighting with your point is, is just how powerful our minds are. And then again, I think is the whole thing that people just, especially people who have children certain ways or, or, or going to go into relationships, don't realize how powerful their words are. Just little things they say, especially if they repeat them. Yeah, because it just it, it just mm-hmm. it shaped your view of yourself, and so like you said the burden, all these things that people come from those types of relationships. There's like the lack of uh, like let's put it this way. So when I moved out here, I, I was heavier. Like I said, I, so I started trying to lose weight, so I was getting fit, and I never really noticed. That, you know, people would ask me for like, "What are you doing?" Blah blah blah, and so I always took it as just they they're just staying in touch or whatever. And then, you know, my wife had pointed out, she's like, you don't realize that you're actually inspiring people to make changes. Like my parents mm. are being plant-based, your parents are looking plant-based. Yeah. And so I told her, I said, so I never considered myself inspirational, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, so many people like yourself, if you have a view of yourself and you don't think you can contribute something positive, it, it, like you said, at work. No, they just I can do my job well, but I'm not gonna like put myself out there because like I probably don't know what I'm talking about, right? Or like I said, inspirational, that's a joke. You know what I mean? So all these things that other people might see or be drawn to you for, you don't even know they exist, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a crazy, you know, it's a weird thing to think of. Cause I've always just I've thought of myself as a good person who's trying to be better, but I've never thought of, you know, oh, you're intelligent or this, you know, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. right? And self-view then impacts everything you do. You, know, you go to school, maybe. Well, I'm going to school just to get a degree because, like, what you know, all I'm going to do is just get a job and go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's not like I could go do something and, and, and revolutionize anything. So why don't I just be, be right? So you make all these decisions, and it's just, it's just, it's just crazy when you think about just the complexity of not only mine but just these relationships. And I think mm-hmm. that's what it is—just the power of It's mm-hmm. crazy. Oh yeah. So when somebody has a specific, like they're pointing a statement at you and saying that you're dumb, that you're stupid, that you're not as good, that sticks with you. Yeah. 
obviously them projecting, but you think they're mm-hmm. speaking truth, especially if yeah. you're younger or they're in a position of influence, relationship, love, someone you're attracted to or you look up to. Mm-hmm. It's gospel. You know, you look at, you know, yeah. 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 Well said. Very true. This was enlightening and is going to help people because we're all telling our truths and I also feel like I hope this like sparks someone to how to or they don't have the capacity to and just start talking I feel like most people just start talking to random people maybe sometimes and like (laughs) because I work in clinical research and people will just start talking to me about their life which I love and I'm here for but it's also like it shows that people like the communication is so needed. It's so rooted in who we are and our DNA and everybody's mm-hmm. everybody's DNA as a human. Everybody needs somebody. And it's like you can just have a conversation and that shit feels so good. Just be like, oh, OK, because you, you you're going to glean something no matter what about yourself, about what about a different person's perspective. There's a lot to be learned, mm-hmm. you know, by just communicating and and we've all experienced being in a cult of one or being in a manipulative relationship and, you know, or around a narcissist and how fundamental it was to get out of that situation by communicating, by figuring it out. You know, communication is so important. That's why we were like in our relationship for as long as we were, because we weren't communicating it outside of us. But I mean, that is a tactic in itself that a lot of narcissists or, you know, cult leaders use, which is isolation. Stop communicating with these outside ideas or tell you how to communicate when you are outside of them. Right. Yeah. Communication is important. I I agree. I hope it gets a conversation. I hope it uh, lets people say, like, look, it's okay to say you're wrong. Like, here's the thing. I am far from a perfect human. I know I'm talking of like a lot of, you know, I guess positive stuff around my sound, but it's like I've made plenty of mistakes. Trust me, everyone has. It's okay. Yeah. You know, but like, recognize the mistake and try to like grow from it. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's a spectrum of mistakes, but I'm saying most people have made. Stuff where it's like you, you know, you have a terrible belief, or you, it's it can all change. You right. know, if you mm-hmm. just try to be mm-hmm. open, that's what I think too. Is people have to be open and say, be willing to say yes to something. Mm-hmm. Because if they just automatically are like, no, it's like, okay, well then, yeah, you're never gonna change. So I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you for being on a cult of one. We are so excited to have you. You just like grace us with so much information. Yeah, Thank brilliant. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, like I said, 30 years. So, I, you know, you, you gave me an, uh, an outlet to, to just whack. So <laughs> no, we loved it. Love to do this again. If you ever have like questions or something you want to talk like for sure. I'd love to drive. It was as, as good as it was for y'all. It was good for me too. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. All right. Thank you, too. You have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. (laughs) If you have an extra five minutes to spare and you're interested in a moment of relaxation, stay with us as my very good friend, Dorothy Kuyper, guides us through a sound bath. If you're interested in learning more about her and her work, you can find her at DorothyKuyper.com. That's DorothyKuyper, K-E-I-P-E-R.com. I invite you to make yourself as comfortable as possible, lying down or sitting, closing your eyes. Of course, if you're driving or walking, 
I invite you to just really tune in, be present in the moment, and really tap into your heart center. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, being intentional that with every inhale, you're breathing in anything you would like to call more of into your life, love, abundance, prosperity, and with every exhale, allow it to be a release of anything that you're holding on to or anything that no longer serves you. Let's take three of these deep breaths here together. scan from the crown of your head to the tips of your toes, recognizing any areas where you may be holding tension at your third eye, that space in between your eyebrows, your tongue, your jaw, your shoulders, allow your belly to move freely, your arms, your legs, and then bring your awareness to your heart center. I invite you to repeat the mantra, I have the courage to love unconditionally. Keeping in mind that our ability to both give and receive love is rooted in the unconditional love that we have for ourselves. You, my friend, are a powerful being of love and light. Rest in this truth as these healing sounds, vibrations, and frequencies wash over you.
begin to wiggle your fingers and your toes. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. May you move forward in every moment rooted in love and kindness. The light in me sees and honors the light in you. Namaste. Thank you.